brought to you by Charity Mobile, the phone company that sends 5% of your monthly plan price to your favorite charity. No contracts, nationwide coverage, risk-free guarantee. Learn more at CharityMobile.com. The synodal process in the church has entered its second phase. The Vatican Synod.va website tells us that all of the continental phase reports are available for reading in various languages, for those who might be interested in reading such dreadful documents. They are the product of a bureaucratic process in the church where those who have been given the divine mandate to teach and uphold the faith decided to listen to those who have been given the divine command to listen to the teachers of the faith. The synodal process represents a diabolic inversion of the process of the or the purpose of the church, one that has only one real purpose, to finish the job of crafting a new religion for the Catholic Church. Now this is made possible by the reduction of the church to a glorified NGO that serves the world instead of teaching the world the gospel. We got a good example of this from an article by Dr. Peter Kwasniewski that he published at his Tradition and Sanity Substack titled, Solemn Worship or Synodal Wrangling? When will the church's hierarchy put its best buskined foot forward? When will it show us a divine face? Dionysius and the Roman rite point the way. He gives us this true observation that really illustrates the sad state of the modern church at a more basic and less inflammatory level than we are often able to talk about when we talk about synodality and its rotten fruits. Quote, How sad it is, even tragically ironic, that the hierarchy since the time of the Second Vatican Council has, by and large, given up its most beautiful and splendid task, namely of lifting up, by means of a richly stratified office-abundant liturgy, the edge of the veil of the world to come, and has identified itself instead with its still important but less theocentric task of teaching and governing, or whatever verb could be used for endless staff meetings and synodal gatherings. So that today, when we hear or think of hierarchy, or even clergy, we may not intuitively think about God or heaven or beauty, but about Vatican politics, Roman dicasteries, diocesan chanceries, local pastors, turf wars, the too often worldly and anything but theocentric agendas that dominate clerical bodies, which have turned themselves into something like churchly regulatory agencies. And Quote, the church as a regulatory agency or non-governmental organization really does get to the kind of the heart of the problem with the church in the modern world. No longer is the church willing and able to be mother and teacher on matters of theology to the world, to borrow a phrase from John the 23rd. Rather, the church seems to be more interested in governing itself and turning inward and in dancing with the world and answering to its criticisms and even adopting its worldview on things to adopting the values of the secular world. What this looks like in the context of a so-called synodal church is kind of important. As we'll see in a moment, synodality is about turning the church upside down. It's an inversion of things, as Francis himself admits in that video I gave to you yesterday about his Disney documentary from about a month ago. The inversion in the church isn't only an inversion of the power structures of the church, where the laity are given a disordered amount of influence in the governing of the church. It's also an inversion of what is important in the church. If this was a matter of pure governance, it wouldn't probably be that big of a problem in the short term. Salvation takes a back seat to secular matters. Seeing the world in a salvific lens, with an eye to salvation history that continues to play out before our eyes, becomes at best secondary 
to adopting the values of the secular world, complete with the concern for of not offending anyone about anything and trying to see everything in the world in the false left versus right political dichotomy. Nowhere is this more evident than in the almost silly story out of Portugal where the Vatican had issued a commemorative stamp honoring World Youth Day that invoked some imagery that some people in Portugal, unfortunately with a loud voice, found objectionable in the silliest way. And we get the story from the National Catholic Reporter, who tried to be as neutral as they could with this, but that is the National Catholic Reporter, so bear with me. And they give us this headline. Vatican reportedly pulls controversial World Youth Day stamp. Here's a picture of the offending stamp in question. The problem is that it invokes classic imagery used by the dictatorship there many decades ago. Apparently, an image of Francis and the saints leading young people, presumably to Christ or the gospel, is bothersome to people. Well, to people from a certain part of the church because it's reminiscent of imagery used by a government no longer popular with certain institution-controlling factions of modern Portuguese society and, again, certain factions of the Portuguese church. Go figure. From the National Catholic Reporter article, quote, According to Radio Renascentia, the radio station of the Patriarchate of Lisbon and the Portuguese Bishops' Conference, a Holy See official confirmed May 18th that the stamp had been removed from circulation, but did not provide further explanation. The stamp, which was advertised May 11th by the Vatican Philatelic Office, depicts Francis leading a group of young people toward the World Youth Day 2023 logo and mimics a statue of Padreo dos Descarabimentos, the Monument of the Discoveries, in Lisbon, a statue built during Portuguese conservative dictatorship. End quote. If you can manage to get a hold of one of these before they pulled it, you hang on to it. These are going to be very valuable in the future. But the pushback against the stamp doesn't even come from broader society. It comes from some sectors of the church in Portugal. Again, this is an example of the church adopting secular values and often championing those values more energetically than the world itself. This isn't just the abandonment of a theocentric program. It is the adopting of the theocentric program of the world, of the religion of the world, which is materialist, focusing on the here and now and the values of the world. This story out of Portugal is just another example of that. Synodality really puts this practice into overdrive. This is something that the Superior General of the SSPX tried to warn the faithful about in a recent interview that was published just before the Feast of Our Lady of Fatima. LifeSite summarizes the key points of his interview and provides some critical context. In 2018, the talk of synodality was beginning to heat up in the church, coming from Francis and his henchmen who weren't hiding their desire to remake the church into something new. In 2018, they were getting ready for the Pan-Amazon Synod, which is the synod they had before we had the, the one we're going, that we're dealing with now. Synodality had been talked about off and on since the alleged pontificate of Paul VI, who emphasized synodality, but nowhere near to the same degree that Francis does today. In 2018, we finally got a Francis definition of synodality that has guided everything since then. So from the LifeSite article, quote, Synodality generally refers to a collaborative discernment process by which the episcopacy forms or articulates church teaching. Its manifestations have evolved, however, since the modern Synod of Bishops was established by Pope Paul VI in 1965. Under Pope Francis, the practice of synodality, particularly in the Synod on Synodality, has involved the consultation of laymen, even those who reject church doctrine. To account for this novelty, in March 2018, the Congregation for the Doctrine of the Faiths International Theological Commission published a document vaguely defining synodality as, quoting the Vatican document, 
the action of the Spirit in the communion of the body of Christ and in the missionary journey of the people of God. Whatever that means. With this new definition in mind, Pollariani, that is the superior general of the Society of St. Pius X, characterized the synodal process as a, quote, determined desire to turn the church upside down, with the new understanding that, quote, God does not reveal himself through the traditional channels of Holy Scripture and tradition, which are safeguarded by the hierarchy, but through the experience of the people of God. Thus, the synodal process entails bishops' consultation of the faithful throughout the world, he noted, quote, with particular attention paid to anything that the most alienated souls might suggest, those whom Francis refers to as on the, quote, peripheries. Quoting the Superior General again, It is a church where the shepherds become the sheep and the sheep become the shepherds, Pagliariani said, end quote. That story from Portugal is a perfect example of this. The World Youth Day stamp bothered people from certain sectors of the society and of the church, meaning the most radical sectors. Think parishes and priests with the values of the modern Jesuit church, as just one example. The modernists, if you really need me to spell it out more clearly. They were bothered by it, and so the Vatican responded, since the power in the church is has become inverted, and that's a diabolic inversion. The synodal process has done that on purpose. The Vatican could have easily just said that the stamp depicts the Holy Father and the saints leading young people to the gospel as it will be presented at World Youth Day, because that's what they think they're doing there, and that people should lighten up a bit on this. But instead, they cater to some fringe voices whose worldview is at odds with the church and the faith more broadly. It is those voices on the so-called peripheries of the faith that Francis is most interested in listening to and catering to. Why? I, I, I have no idea, but their input is dangerous because it helps to undermine the faith and the stability of the church. It's a form of diabolic inversion, and a surprisingly subtle form of it at that. That is what the Superior General of the SSPX seems to be driving at here. Quote, He, the Superior General, explained that if the faith is, quote, reduced to an experience, whether of an individual or a group, then the substance of that faith is, quote, open to all sorts of possible evolutions and in fact is necessarily destined to evolve according to the awareness and the needs of the different moments in history. Such a synodal approach to the faith then means that our concepts of God and the Catholic Church, quote, along with all the other dogmatic elements of our faith, are irrevocably changed in their true meaning. He went on to give concrete examples of problematic statements issued by the 2022 document, Enlarge the Space of Your Tent, the culmination of the first phase of the Global Synod on Synodality, which appears to defy perennial Catholic Church teaching. Pagliariani first took aim at the document's declaration that, quote, it is important to build a synodal institutional model as an ecclesial paradigm of deconstructing py pyramidal power that privileges unipersonal managements. That's bureaucratic speak, folks. And that, quote, the only legitimate authority in the church must be that of love and service, following the example of the Lord. He pointed out that this appears to be a repudiation of the church's hierarchical teaching authority, noting, quote, Here they advocate a church without doctrine, without dogma, without faith, and in which there is no longer any need for an authority to teach anything. A second passage that Pagliariani sees as embodying the spirit of the whole text made what he slammed as a, quote, crazy proposal. Quote, the world needs a church that goes forth, that rejects the division between believers and non-believers. 
Such a statement can be interpreted as rejecting the importance of supernatural faith for salvation, and as denying the importance of and even the need for the church itself. However, Pauliriani asserted that such an idea is a logical extension of a denial of faith as a, quote, authentically supernatural reality, in favor of the concept that it is, quote, only one experience among others, end quote. And he's not wrong in his assessment. The whole point of synodality is to break down the barriers between believers and non-believers. Typically, those barriers are the in-vogue sins of the flesh. Whatever sins of the flesh are popular in the world at the moment, those are the ones that are the barriers that must be overcome. But not in the way that Christ calls us to overcome them. Through the preaching of the gospel, through the call to conversion, to the basic call of go forth and sin no more. Rather, that has been replaced in the way the Synodal Church demands us to do these things. To listen, dialogue, tacitly agree, and claim that we have learned something from the dialogue. That was Francis's example given to us in his Disney documentary from a month ago, which I touched on yesterday. It was described by his allies as a perfect example of synodality. This thinking is perfectly represented by this story I commented on last week from Catholish.de, where you get this headline. Bishop on reforms. Rome should listen better and criticize less. Criticize here means to correct errors or to teach. The new religion requires the church to listen to the world and be taught by the world instead of the world listening to the church and being taught the gospel by the church. That is all made possible by the new understanding of human dignity that man allegedly possesses in the late 20th century and today, according to Vatican II, a claim made by the Council Fathers that was itself nonsense on its face. They should have known better, but that statement was core to their theology, to the theology of the new religion. And that thinking continues to manifest itself in the church today. Synodality is that thinking, perfection, and expression, and we are reaping the rotten fruits of it. What do you think about this? Are the Portuguese modernists right to be bothered by a stamp that invokes iconic imagery from that country's past for World Youth Day? Was the Vatican right to bow to the mob and pull the stamp from circulation? Is the Superior General of the SSPX right in his assessment of synodality? Let me know in the comments, please. Like and subscribe if you haven't, it does help. So to sharing this on social media, that helps a lot too. As always, pray for the church. I'm Anthony Stein. Ave Maria.